You are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 80. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth Van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Today I have the honor of welcoming two guests on the show. My guests today are Marco and Giovanni Schneider from the Schneider Group. Welcome, Marco. Welcome, Giovanni. It's wonderful to have you both on the show today. How are you? Fine, thanks. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, Elizabeth. Wonderful. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for taking the time, both of you, to talk to me today. Can you maybe just take a few moments to introduce yourselves? Marco, why don't you start? Uh, I am 68 years old and uh, I am uh, the chairman of the company. And uh, I think the story of the company will be told later when uh, uh, we, we are going on with the interview. And uh, I am now uh, a senior manager in the sense that I don't take any decision anymore. And my son is the, actually the CEO of the company. And uh, that's about all. Excellent. And Giovanni, introduce well, yourself. Yeah, uh, my father already said it all. I'm I'm 40 almost, unfortunately, um, and uh, since a few years, uh, I I took over the 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 responsibility of the operations of the company. Uh, but as we will probably discuss later, we we still remain a family company with a lot of uh, open and frank discussion amongst uh, the members. So uh, everyone is pretty much involved. Excellent. Yeah, and then now tell us a little bit more about the Schneider Group. Well, we are uh, um, uh, a top maker, which means we source wool uh, or uh, fine fibers from uh, growers around the world. We have our own uh, first stage processing uh, uh, factories and uh, we supply the textile industry. Uh, so it's uh, it's it, it's a complex operation because we're present uh, worldwide, uh, and we when and 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 we are taking care of the very first stages of um, of um, of the process. And if you would have to talk a little bit more about your products, like what are you specialized in, and who would be your typical customers? Well, we have uh, uh, we started as a specialized suppliers to the very fine uh, uh, weaving industry, uh, mainly European. But then, as the group uh, grew and the company evolved, uh, we now work in uh, in different fields. We uh, we keep supplying, and and our core business remains uh, fine weaving. But we have uh, South American divisions, which is mainly focused on sportswear and, uh, and, and knitwear. We, we, we are also specialized on New Zealand carpet wool. Uh, so we try to cover all of the spectrum of, uh, of, um, uh, of, of, of all the possible clients. But let's say that historically the focus is still fine weaving. Okay, and but I also understand you besides wool, you also offer other fibers. All sorts of natural fibers. Uh, wool is the is is of course the biggest in terms of investments and turnover. Uh, 
but we also do cashmere. We we operate we operate our own cashmere mills, uh, silk, uh, South American specialty fibers such as vicuna and guanaco, uh, and uh, well, that's basically it. <laughs> Excellent. And so, tell us a little bit about the history of the company and also how. Yeah, how the family is involved in the business. I think this is my duty as I'm an old man. Okay, uh, go for it. <laughs> the company was started by my father in uh, 1922. My father served as a soldier during the First World War. He was uh, 17 years of age. And uh, uh, in those days, uh, the soldiers were, at that age, were required because there were so many deaths during this uh, terrible war that uh, uh, at the end of the war uh, the, the young people from school had to go and serve as soldier and it was a terrible experience for my father and uh, at the end of the war he decided he had enough about uh, war and uh, death and uh, sad things and he wanted to go the farthest place in the world <laughs> in those days Australia was the farthest place in the world uh, He went there to, to forget about his uh, uh, terrible experience. And uh, he worked for a, for a company, a, a wool trading company. And then after a, a couple of years, he decided he was going to, to start his own uh, activity by himself. In those days, uh, the wool industry, uh, the Australian wool industry was uh, very much connected with the English uh, weavers. Uh, where most of the Australian wools were sold to. And, uh, and so my father started the business uh, just as a pure broker for uh, uh, international companies such as English or uh, European, a lot of French company. Uh, don't forget that my, our family is uh, French origin and he was connected uh, with, uh, with the French uh, industry as well. And then Italy, of course, uh, Italy came last, but uh, uh, soon became quite important in the in the in the fine end of uh, of the of the business. So uh, uh, the, the the reason why our company, our main goal of our company, uh, is uh, to to uh, to to supply. The, the finest and the, the most uh, expensive material to, to the industry starts from the very beginning of the company, where uh, the most uh, specialized uh, uh, companies were the customer of our company. At the very beginning, as I said, the business was purely a, a brokerage business. My father was acting as a broker for the most important uh, uh, weavers and spinners uh, in Europe. And then we became traders in the sense that uh, uh, the, there was an evolution in the company, in the, in the structure of the business. And uh, we started to buy wool on behalf of, uh, of uh, these uh, companies and uh, uh, for, for trading purposes. And later on, in order to guarantee uh, good service and good quality to the customers, we had to become uh, an industry. In, other, in the sense that we had to purchase our own machine to process uh, the wool for the first stage of, uh, uh, of, the, of, of the processing line. So uh, 
this was about uh, uh, the, the, the story and the evolution of our company. And at what stage did you come into the company, Marco? Uh, uh, I, I, uh, I studied as an engineer because my father didn't want me to, uh, to become, uh, uh, to, to, to walk into the company because uh, in those days uh, uh, there was a, a great evolution in our business. We didn't have the machines, we didn't have the workers, so we, we were not industrials, we were just traders. And he was uh, uh, convinced that there was no future for us. And so uh, as I studied as an engineer, I started to, uh, to like uh, technical products Uh, problems and uh, uh, I decided I was joining the company with the purpose of uh, transforming the company from just a pure trading company into a processing company and uh, that was in the in the late 70s so I started to work uh, full-time in the company after a little bit of experience in, uh, in some uh, um, in, in some uh, factory uh, in the area um, Uh, I started in the in the late 70s. And what did you recommend to your son Giovanni about entering the family business? <laughs> this is a this is a long story. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of family business. Of course, uh, our business is a family business, and uh, there is a, uh, a part uh, the fact that the business has to be profitable and. Uh, Uh, and has to be looked as a uh, from the economic point of view. Uh, there is a little bit of heart in uh, in uh, in this sort of decision, uh, uh, and I'm very proud, of course, that Giovanni is a part of our group because there is a story. He, he bring uh, Giovanni has the same name of my father, so there is a, a link with the past uh, which is very important to me, and I'm sure it's important to him as well. So uh, I, I think I did uh, a great uh, transformation in, uh, in the company when I transformed the company, as I said, from pure trading into uh, a processing company. And uh, Giovanni has a great challenge uh, in front of him. Uh, the traditional use of wool uh, is, uh, is now changing. I mean, uh, you, uh, wool was used mainly for uh, formal dressing. Now. Uh, formal dressing is uh, is a complete uh, is changing. New generation are facing uh, a different way of uh, a different uh, way of uh, uh, wearing uh, their their garments, and uh, uh, there is a, there are new challenges at the environmental issues. So it's it's up to him to 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 drive now. Yeah, and Giovanni, was it always clear for you that you wanted to work in the family business? Well, listen, uh, probably uh, I grew up uh, in a textile district where, you know, everyone is uh, somehow involved uh, into the wool business. Uh, since I was very little, I was traveling a lot with my father to Australia, spending some time in the farms. Uh, uh, so I've always been part of that environment. Then. Of course, after I graduated, 
uh, I wanted to uh, see the world and, 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 and understand which were the other opportunities that I could have been given. But eventually, you know, uh, a family business uh, is your heritage, is your uh, is your uh, 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 is also a responsibility, and and so I I think I have considered other options, but never never uh, really really wanted to do anything else. Okay, that's wonderful. Yeah, and I think it's it's beautiful to have um, such a continuity in a business within a family. And are there any tips of working together with family members? Something to consider. Who wants to answer this one? <laughs> or you can both say something? Both sides. I mean, I'm of course very proud. And as I told you before, uh, it has been a big effort from my side, but uh, I, I, I did it with pleasure in the sense that I left uh, my son driving the company. There, there are no, no options. I mean, uh, either you, you, Uh, you live, uh, uh, you live to the following generation, and uh, and all the people in the in the in the in the company have the perception that uh, uh, the driving person is is a different person. I mean, uh, either uh, I think things are getting quite complicated. So now uh, everybody has the perception that Giovanni is driving the company. And uh, we are, I'm proud, proud to say that uh, we are one of the very few companies which has already uh, um, made uh, uh, this uh, important change in the sense that uh, uh, the, the new generation has become the, the driving force. Uh, uh, and, and this is a, is a very difficult step I can see in many companies uh, around us. And uh, not all companies are uh, able to doing it without uh, uh, great uh, problems. So I letting mean, go is, is there the key word, I guess, not being able to let go and hand over the responsibility. Well, it's uh, we are not a large family. It's just me, my father, and my sister. So it was not very difficult uh, to to make the decision uh, uh, from the set, from the family perspective. The, the challenge is when it comes to the other people, people being part of the organizations for many years, uh, people try to be resilient to change. Uh, they're always afraid that the new uh, will bring some, um, uh, uh, some instability. And, uh, and, and, the, and the challenge is uh, this one, giving, uh, changing the company with, uh, but with, without being too disruptive. Of course, uh, when there is a, a handover, Uh, the organization has to change. We have to make some some decision, change uh, part of the top management because uh, it, it's natural, and I think it happens in any in any business uh, when uh, when a new person takes over. But uh, it, it's natural, and uh, and and um, and uh, so far, it, it mean it has been not as easy as as we hoped. But uh, uh, I think at the end, it was a successful uh, step. Yeah, okay, well, thank you so much for sharing these insights. I think it's always interesting to learn about these kind of things. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the operational side. So you operate wool mills in China, Egypt and Italy, as well as in Argentina. Argentina. And what are the advantages um, of having these different manufacturing locations? 
Well, I think we, we were compelled to do so. I mean, we are the first ring of a, a very, lo very long chain. The textile chain is very complicated. But uh, uh, be, uh, being the first ring, we had, uh, we had to be the first who took this uh, decision. I mean, you cannot compete. Uh, um, I mean, we, we, basically, our first investment in the industry was in Italy. And Italy became a, a, a country uh, where cost of labor, cost of energy, and uh, also the cost of uh, bureaucracy uh, was too expensive. And uh, our, uh, we could not compete with, with other uh, companies unless we uh, delocalized our activity. Uh, I'm talking about the industrial activity. Uh, I started to travel in China uh, many, many years ago uh, in the late 80s, and I was really surprised on how China was uh, uh, changing and uh, what a great uh, opportunity offered to uh, people like us who had to face uh, a difficult uh, challenge into the control of the costs. Uh, so, um, our first uh, uh, mill in, in, in started in China with a pure idea of uh, uh, controlling the, the costs of the production. And uh, of course, we were helped by the extreme uh, efficiency of uh, uh, of the of the people in the organization. Uh, then uh, um, our uh, adventure in uh, South America uh, started more or less on the same uh, scheme, but uh, uh, with a different uh, um, with a different view. In the sense that Argentina was also a big supplier of wool, uh, with a great potential of improving uh, its quality. And so the, the mill in Argentina was developed because uh, uh, we really wanted to, uh, to, to bring there a little bit of our technology in the superfine wool uh, in order to cope with, uh, with, uh, uh, with the quality of wool, which is becoming more and more similar to the Australian and uh, New Zealand wool. And uh, Egypt, uh, Egypt was another big challenge. Uh, Egypt as a strategic location location for us uh, because it's on the on the way of uh, uh, between uh, Europe and uh, and, Aust and Australia, of course. And uh, it, it's uh, it's um, uh, from the from the uh, logistic point of view, it's quite important. And we have some advantage. Uh, because uh, in uh, in uh, the production, uh, uh, the wool, uh, the tops produced in e Egypt can uh, enter into the European community with so some sort of advantage. And as well, it can be exported to the USA with some kind of advantage uh, in terms of duty. Uh, and that, uh, this was, a, so we had to, uh, uh, to cope with the challenging uh, with the change of uh, uh, the market situation, but also looking at the cost, the cost uh, of our production, basically the labor and the, and the uh, energy cost are extremely important for us. Uh, I think today our company has a, a very interesting uh, diversification of uh, production area, uh, which makes us uh, confident that we can uh, from one side, be close to the production 
like in Argentina to the production area and in some area close to the customer like in, in China and uh, also in Italy for uh, uh, what's remaining of the, our production which is not, uh, not very big though because uh, in Italy uh, in, uh, in our mill in Verone we only produce about three, uh, 3 million kilo a year uh, of a very high specialized uh, tops. So um, our company is probably today the, uh, amongst our customers the more flexible uh, uh, company in terms of uh, uh, locations of, uh, of uh, processing. Yeah. yeah, it sounds very diversified and that you can then offer exactly what is needed um, to your customers. And, but you also have to manage with all those different locations a very diverse range of cultures. How do you do that within one company? Well, um, it's, uh, it's not as complicated. I think uh, being traders, everyone in the company is very used to traveling. Uh, we are all citizens of the world, so we are very, uh, very familiar with different cultures. It's not important to share the same cultures. It's not important what food you eat, what God you pray. At the end, the important is everyone shares the values of, of the business. Uh, and uh, and I believe uh, that this is uh, very easy to transfer when you are a family company and you're and you represent those values yourself. Uh, so everyone is very much focused towards the the goal, and uh, and and of course you have to be flexible with the cultures. You can't expect people in Egypt uh, to work. Uh, uh, the same days or the same hours or in the same way as people in China, but uh, but it's a, this is also the beauty of the business, uh, as it's uh, as it's very difficult to to uh, to talk to the growers in Australia and the weavers uh, in Italy, which uh, especially nowadays they share very different uh, uh, goals. Uh, but uh, this is why we have. Uh, uh, a role in, in, into the textile manufacturing. If we didn't have to manage variety of culture, uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't be required. Yeah, well, that that is true. Yeah, I, I like that um, view and that approach. And another topic I wanted to talk about is that you are starting a new program called Authentico. Can you tell us more what this is about? Well, um, Authentico, we're not starting a program Authentico because Authentico started probably 20 years ago, uh, probably before its time. It was a small project where we have tried to, uh, to uh, be as traceable as possible and therefore we managed to sell some, uh, some, some suits in Japan, uh, giving full traceability of all the supply chain. As I said, it was uh, it was before its time because 20 years ago people are not were not very 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 keen and interested on on getting to know where where the material was coming from. But uh, we have been the very first one to uh, to offer traceability to our customers. Right now, there is a new request by 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 especially the retailers. To get to know as much as possible of uh, of um, of the whole sourcing uh, uh, of of the material they are using, 
because they are more interested about their reputation, but also because uh, they want to tell a, a new different story to their client. And of course, wool and cashmere, they represent beautiful stories uh, to be told. Uh, we can offer, of course, uh, uh, a, a very vast database of farms all over the world. Uh, and uh, we know what happened to every single lot of wool that has been uh, uh, offered an auction since uh, 15 years. Uh, we have uh, the factories uh, uh, which are very much under control, so we can also guarantee that the same uh, that the, the wool from this farm has been uh, processed in, the, in 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 this factory, uh, and uh, uh, so much energy has been consumed, uh, uh, so much chemicals have been consumed, uh, and therefore give a platform to our clients uh, to make sure that everything has been done the best possible way. And on the other side, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, our role is to give a feedback to the to the growers, explaining them what happened to their wool, who used them, what kind of product they were able to produce, and uh, and, and why is it so, and how they can improve. So the whole goal is to establish a direct link between uh, the retailer and the grower using the reputation of a company that has been on the market for almost 100 years and uh, fully manage uh, the whole cycle internally. And But there are, of course, already other um, programs like Authentico. How is Authentico different? Well, uh, most programs, uh, uh, I, I understand there is a lot of confusion on the market these days, but most programs are, are focusing on animal welfare mainly, uh, which is an issue, but it's not the only issue. Uh, we are focusing on traceability. Uh, we are focusing on, on uh, as I said before, establishing a direct link uh, between uh, the end consumer and the grower. Um, so we want to make sure that everything at every stage is been do uh, has been done the, the best possible way, but we don't, we don't want to uh, interfere on the decision of the grower nor on the decision of the customer. We don't, don't want to say that our product is better than, uh, than anyone else's. We just want to... Uh, uh, give uh, the final user the opportunity of, of monitoring everything. And But often growers feel burdened by yet another scheme, but I understand from your Authentico that it is actually not complicated to... No, the, the, it, we have to keep it simple because uh, uh, on one side... Uh, uh, The final user does not want complexity. There is way too much complexity in, in the wool industry right now. Uh, so it's just basically uh, uh, allowing someone to trust the system. Again, there is, a, I must say, there is a lot of, there is a lack of trust uh, between, uh, between uh, uh, the, uh, the user and the grower at this stage. And this leads to... Uh, you know, lots of different protocols and lots of uh, co uh, and a lot of complexity that uh, I believe uh, no one wants to manage. So our authentic program is basically making sure that at farm level all regulations are are followed, and uh, but it does not stop only to the farm level. Most of the product, most of the uh, programs you might be aware of. 
they only care what happens on the farm without taking responsibility of what's happening next. So they might impose to the farmer to do everything uh, uh, the, the, uh, in, in one certain way, but then the material and, and processed in a very inefficient or in a very uh, polluting way. Whereas, for instance, our factories uh, consume uh, far less water than any other factory uh, from, from our competitors. Uh, uh, all of our uh, chemicals are certified. Uh, we, uh, we produce the electricity that we, uh, we consume in, our, in, in some of our mills. We have uh, 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 water treatment uh, uh, facilities in every, in every factory. Uh, and uh, and uh, and so this should be also taken part in 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 the, in the choice. Uh, I mean, when our customers decide to to buy the wool from us rather than our competitors. So and this is not only on wool; it's on cashmere. It's on the on the, all the material uh, that, uh, that 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 we do. Okay, so you're certifying yourself as well um, and trying to comply to high standards within Authentico when it comes we, to your processing as well? We already asked. <laughs> I mean, uh, we have been uh, uh, doing a yearly uh, social environmentally uh, balance sheet since probably 10 years where we declare all of uh, 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 the emissions and the, and the consumptions and we try to reduce them on a yearly basis, which is our goal. So, of course, uh, I mean, it's just trying to improve a little by little um, to gain confidence of our clients. And, you know, some of them uh, are, 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 are very keen on that. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you so much for explaining that. Now, before we come to an end, I'd like to ask you more of a um, question about your, you know, experience of working in the wool industry. So both of you have traveled extensively to many foreign countries like Mongolia, Iran and many countries in South America and also some remote areas in China. So maybe tell us which country fascinated you the most and why? <laughs> it's difficult to say. I mean, it's a very difficult question because all, all of the country have something interesting to see and to experience. Uh, basically, uh, I think uh, since uh, three generations, the adventure has always been uh, a great, uh, 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 a great characteristic of our family. If you think that my uh, grandfather, the father of my father, left uh, Uh, France, the north of France, to come to Italy and transfer his, um, his family in Italy. Uh, uh, in those days, it was already an adventure. Then, as I mentioned to you at the beginning, my father left to Australia and lived there for uh, 25 years. And uh, that was also an adventure. Then uh, I started to travel uh, around the world in search of new products, new idea, new specialization for our company. I travel extensively in uh, Mongolia, Iran, and uh, uh, this again is uh, is the spirit of adventure, with uh, always has uh, uh, been a characteristic of our family. Uh, all countries are fascinating. I mean, uh, uh, if I think to Mongolia. 
the beauty of the uh, of the desert of Mongolia, the beauty of the of the northern part of Mongolia uh, and the mountains of Mongolia, the Iranian Afghan uh, Afghanistan mountains are beautiful, and uh, uh, there are different cultures to be discovered in each country, as uh, Giovanni was pointing out uh, when you're talking about the mills. I mean, it's always a challenge and a great uh, thing to uh, not to stick to your traditions and uh, uh, also learn about the people lived in in very remote area of the of the world. So it's very hard to to uh, to tell which was the best uh, uh, country uh, for me. They are all uh, I can find in in each country I travel. I always find something. Uh, different, challenging, and and beautiful. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Giovanni has the same feeling, but I guess he also uh, shares this view. Yes, I do. I mean, it's uh, it's. Uh, I, I don't think uh, there is one uh, one place. Uh, the nature, of course, is beautiful in all of these uh, countries that produce uh, textile fibers. Uh, I'm also very much. Uh, 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 excited and challenged by the cultural changes uh, 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 in, uh, uh, in each one of them. For instance, I, I have lived a few years of my life in China, and I, 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 I must say China is not a beautiful country, and everyone can agree on that, but it, the, the, it, it is uh, fascinating how they managed to, to evolve culturally in such a small, um, in, in such a short amount of time. Uh, and this is what fascinates me the most today. Uh, the Chinese people you get to know these days uh, are very different from the same people that we that we met uh, ten years ago. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing these thoughts and yeah it really shows that you traveled a lot and that you are adventurous by heart and you you can start businesses in all of these countries and make them successful that's really fascinating well thank you so much for your time where can our listeners find out more about uh, the schneider group where should they go well we have uh, we are working on a new website of course, the website is always there, www.gschneider.com, and they can get uh, in contact with our company. They can uh, subscribe to our newsletter when we give uh, uh, market information about uh, all the materials that we deal with. Uh, but we are working <clears throat> on a new website that explains better the concept of Authentico, uh, and uh, and we're also working uh, on, a, on a blog, which hopefully we will be uh, online uh, soon. Okay, so there's lots of stories to tell, as I hear from today's interview. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate talking or being able to talk to both of you today, and I wish, wish you continued success. Thank you very much, Elizabeth, and thank you for your time, and thank you for a very interesting question you <laughs> posed to us. And thank you, Elizabeth, also from my side, and we'll see you in Hong Kong, I guess. Yes, at the Adam Thiel Congress, yes. See thank you in Hong Kong. Okay, thanks, bye. Bye-bye, Elizabeth. 
Hopefully you enjoyed my interview with Marco and Giovanni Schneider. If you want to find out more about the Schneider Group, then head on over to the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 080. Once again, elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 080. Also make sure you connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. And thank you for listening. Talk to you again next week and bye for now.